Uh, how was your New Year's? How was it up in uh, Big Bear? It was uh, it was excellent. I got to, I took I'll I'll sh- I'll share the picture with you of the uh, the enormous snow snowman that I created. Oh, now the key nice. the key to making a snowman, uh, a large one that I found is when the snowplows come by and they they create their uh, berms of snow that yeah. they shovel. So what happens is it tur- it turns into big large chunks that you could you wouldn't use it as you know a snowball because it's packed so hard. But it's such a substantial piece of packed ice that you can throw that down as like the base. So I just found three large, uh, nice, generally spherical ones. And then I, I took some time and you just hold the, the soft powder right over it. And it makes, you can make it as smooth as you want it. So I made this nice, big, it was almost life-sized um uh, snowman that I that I've, I haven't done since uh, since last season. So it's always uh, it's always a nice time to do that. Uh, it was nice to be away from people, you know, just be us up there. Didn't yeah. really see anybody. Just walked around the neighborhood once, and that was it, man. We hung around. Nice. It was uh, nice I to was get away. Say, did you get the vibe that the big bear folk did not want you city folk up in there uh, bringing the COVID up their way? Uh, so uh, two things about that. I uh, they have their own blog that is uh, I think I've mentioned this before they call it, they, they call people who visit there flatlanders right they they don't belong there they're just coming up there it's really sad and the other thing is as we left I pop up Chrome and it and it shows me news articles from where I've recently been and it happens to show me an article that said uh, the second strain has been uh, discovered in in Big Bear. Not necessarily discover, but the first oh. person to bring it in there was from a couple of weeks ago, mid-December. He brought it in. So, uh, you know, making news there. Sad news, but somebody brought that second strain in. So, uh, yeah, they don't want us there. They just want to do their own thing, the the people who live there. They just want to they want to be inside enjoying their little winter wonderland there. But then the business is probably like the Flatlanders coming up. So then what's the, you know, yeah, what's the compromise? Yeah, I know. Well, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of foot traffic up there, so that you know they uh, they have that main drag, uh, Pine Knot Boulevard, but almost nobody's on there. Yeah, you know, everyone's just kind of so it, it's it kind of stinks, but we kept to ourselves. Had a good time, man. How was your local well, one? Uh, it was very chill. Uh, we had uh, what did we do? We did a lot of bike riding around the neighborhood. Wes is really like getting it now, so now he's feeling like his own like person and able to go around and, and uh, he wants to bike ride every day, which is great. I'm just very happy for him uh, that he's kind of gotten over the fear that he did have for a moment about, and he's fallen. He's taken some spills, but he gets back up and he's good. So that's great. I'm happy for him. Um, And uh, we just, Oh, we finished a Mandalorian. Our second, time around this time with wesley and then uh i caught up on uh cobra kai enjoying the weather nice mild weather uh we went to the park two days in a row and did stomp rocketing um oh yeah the first day i was prepared the second day i was not as prepared and i was very cold um but glad to be cold you know yeah charlotte got this really cool book of uh it's like joke jokes puns and tongue twisters uh huh. So she's been, and she's been able to read. She's she's reading now, so she can go through and some of them, the simpler ones, 
she can uh, she can recite. And there's uh, there's a there's a couple funny tongue twisters, and uh, there's almost like jokes that you would expect to see on a popsicle stick. And I always wonder. Who put who put together the popsicle stick jokes? Because they seem to be the same ones. You you look at them, and reading them now feels like they're the same ones that I read totally. 15, 20 years ago. Right. So yeah. I mean, maybe they hired a consultant and that was it. They're like, okay, we got our 15 jokes. Let's do it. But it is cute hearing kids uh, you know, recite these jokes. Like, uh, for example, um, what is a sheep's favorite letter? Uh uh, what is it? You. <laughs> This is Jimmy Eat Pod. Nice. I See, was like, I, ba? Is it B? Is it A? <laughs> it works on a and couple of levels. It. <laughs> it does. It's terrific. Uh, so this is a song that we decided last minute. Oh, let's just do this one. Uh, I tweeted about it today. I said, let's just do this one like obscure B side. And I didn't realize how obscure it was. This might be one of the most obscure. Yeah. Modern era Jimmy Eat World songs that there is because it only appeared on the Japanese releases of Futures and Futures Deluxe. Um, so. It's insanely obscure. It also was available on that secret site um, that if you put the CD into it. So I'm assuming that's how I got the track was through the secret site. Um, but I did find a couple people on um, song meanings that had said, let's see who it was. It was uh, Peter eight planet on August 30th, 2006 says I have a different version for this song. Oh, because the lyrics on uh, song meanings are just the lyrics for hear you me. Um, so oh. this person says I have a different version for this song. Well, actually the lyrics, I mean, I got mine off the site after buying futures and then uh, also top on January 17, 2006 says for anyone who's interested in an mp3 of this song if you buy the futures cd and you place it in your computer it will give you access to the secret site where you can download this amongst other tracks and photos so uh proof that it was available on this secret site i wish the secret site were cached somehow um yeah right but i yeah and uh god what a pain in the ass this song was for research <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and we were jokingly saying it jokingly just because of the title you i mean how are you gonna differentiate all the different uses of you you'd have to sit there and and yeah. put in all these like well get rid of this subtract world you love or are oh yeah i made a list of all the stuff i me. was searching let me see yeah what did i put i put Jimmy Eat World, and then in quotes, you, and then I put minus love, minus here, minus now, minus with, minus look, minus carry, minus what, uh, minus want, minus I. <laughs> yeah. And, Just uh, to get all those other songs out of the way. Right. Exactly. And and we, we kind of knew that that was going to be the case, but actually diving in and doing this was a completely different, uh, yeah, completely different beast. And I want to I want to thank you because it seems like you did a lot more uh finding than i did I, I did i don't know if i went as far i didn't even come across the song meanings i need to get that link from you oh okay yeah i'm feeling pretty optimistic about having done the most research that is possibly available about this song ever on the internet is on this episode of this podcast um, <laughs> yes so this will be it uh, uh 
uh, yeah, I'm going to have to find the song meanings uh, link again because I didn't sure. copy and paste the link, but I'll, I'll pull it up while we're on here. Um, yeah, go ahead. But and, you know, I wanted to some... say something. Uh, yes. I've always we've, we've talked about Japanese versions, Japanese editions before. I don't know if we ever really explained why they're different, because seeing this, looking for this album on Discogs, and it wasn't very clear. You know, you see the expanded edition or the extended edition, the enhanced mm-hmm. editions, and there's abbreviations for them. This one happened to be, oh, how was this one listed? Uh, yeah, this I think this one was CD, comma, album, comma, enhanced. Maybe not that uh-huh. one. This was a or limited, but it was the Japanese edition. And I wondered, why is the Japanese edition so different and hard to get? So... There was on under no stupid questions on Reddit. I found uh, a post that was uh, one of the top. Oh, results. nice. So, yeah. Uh, from Goat's Greetings, they reply uh, to Rob Hardstone's question of why do Japanese versions of albums get more bonus tracks with my understanding is that CD albums in Japan are sold by local re- retailers for about 30 to 60 percent more than they could be bought by consumers via import from the United States. The inclusion of a bonus track was developed to discourage Japanese consumers from buying on import as they would then get less content. There is an added bonus in Japanese distributor uh, being able in some circumstances to sell their version of the album to completionists in the United States. So it's it's like a double bonus. Yes, the people out here who are diehards are going to be, and I've done this too, I've purchased a couple of um, versions off of eBay where it was a Japanese-only yeah. version. Somebody just, maybe they had an extra copy, they could make a few bucks. But it seems to benefit um, Japan in two ways, you know, for their locals, and then also for the the diehards who really want everything, the completionists. So that, that explains it. That's why it's so, um, they're always so hard to find. It's just incentive for them to buy their version locally instead of buying the import version, which would have been our boring version. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think I came across that Reddit post in the last year or so, because yeah. I was going to like dance around that answer, but that's exactly what I read. I think so. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember when I was in Tokyo, a friend of mine, I think it was when an Eminem album was dropping and a friend of mine was like, see if it's in the stores. Cause it was dropping <laughs> like a week early in Japan. Uh huh. And uh, already then I was like in the stores. <laughs> Cause I think we were in Japan in 2013, 2014. Um, and it just like going to a, a music store seems so weird to me. Um, but they had it. Um, this I found interesting. We talked about how many pressings of futures or of uh, J- uh, Bleed American there was last time. I think it was like 43 or something. Yeah. Uh, not as many, but still a lot for futures. You want to take a, a guess at how many it was? Uh, 27. 28. Mm. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, and yeah, this is track 14 of 14 on that. And then 14 of 17, if you got the deluxe edition, which had the demos, which this included a demo. So we have a demo of you and the finished version of you, both of which only appear on. Well, that's not true. The demo version actually ended up on a couple pressings of the pain seven inch single. Vinyl. Right, right. Um, but uh the final version only ever appeared on the Japanese release of futures. Yeah. It was two, um, two X CD album deluxe yep. limited. That's it. All four of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will get into this later, but Gil Norton for sure. It's hard with these tracks. You always assume like, Oh, it's probably a Gil track. 
if it was finished in four futures. Um, but you never know that for sure, especially if it's like difficult to find any information about it. But we did find out today that for sure Gil Norton produced this track and we'll get into why yes. we know that. Um, yeah. So uh, the demo was produced at Jimmy World's unit, Two, And uh, I don't know which uh, studio, but the whole thing was record uh, futures proper was recorded at cello in Hollywood. Harvey Moltz's house in Phoenix uh, t- in Tempe, which I assume means Jimmy World Studio and then Ocean Way. Uh, which is again here in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, the release date of the Japanese version of Futures was October 13th, 2004. And the release date for the dual disc Futures was March 23rd, 2005. And again, this is where it's like a week early in Japan. The The American release date was October 19th, 2004 of Futures proper. Um, right. So again, where it comes out. Uh, regular uh, uh, or a, a week early in Japan. Um, Jim sings this one uh, with, uh, I'm assuming Tom doing the lower register harmonies. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming, which too. I have a ton of info about as well today. Um, and it's an Interscope label. Oh, I, I that this website that I go to for the notable high notes and notable low notes actually had this track listed. Um, most of the, the places I researched stuff did not have this track listed. Um, but I forget what website it is. Let me see if I can pull up my just pull up in my links real quick. The Range Planet. Um, that's the website. And it just has like every Jimmy World song so far I've been able to find on there since I added it to my research. So Notable High Note is A4 and Notable Low Note is D3. Um, and uh, the demo, which we can listen to in a little bit, actually has slightly different lyrics than the original version. Um, and they never played it live. So... Outside of all of those little stats, uh, we can get into uh, either the lyrics or we can talk about the demo a little bit. What do you yeah, want to do? Yeah, so, well, first, we can listen to a bit of it and give give the listeners um, a chance to hear what you and I both he- heard and separately had mentioned and agreed upon <laughs> on our own, yeah. right? And then we, we, we come across this uh, this understanding of, of where maybe the song originated and why it why it didn't end up on the the final album so we'll play this and then let them decide for themselves what it sounds like and then we can get into that because that's actually where yep. i wanted to go next okay so you want me to play the demo first let's play the demo because uh the demo after the first verse uh just repeats the first verse again um or after okay. the first chorus just repeats the first verse again so we'll at least have that context So now we're back to yeah. first one again, but yeah. Right. 
So uh, the only thing really different in that verse one between that and the released version is the last half of the second line. Um, so in this version, we heard uh, there's a million desperate wants. I only expect pain. Yeah. Whereas in the release version, there's a million desperate wants and all of them the same. Um, what's interesting about that second line that we both kind of came to a, uh, a a realization, I'd say a realization together separately. Yes. <laughs> um, is the is that second half of that first demo line? I only expect pain. And that's because this song we were trying to figure out what does this song remind me of? There's not a many, there's not many Jimmy eat world songs that sound like this. The, the, the harmonies are like slightly discordant and, uh, and the whole song is like in this minor key. And I had to think and I had to think, and I thought about the harmonies in the chorus of the song pain. And both of us at the same time, were like, yeah. Oh my God, this yeah. song is pain off of the same record so one of them had to go and we both agreed that pain is the better song more dynamic right uh better lyrics yeah um but very interesting yeah i i got the lyrics and we'll touch on this in a little bit um they made a little more sense to me after reading them but just looking them at face value i thought okay pain seems more complete than you and i imagine uh it just had a little bit more a, a level of completeness to it that Gil yeah. probably just said let's just keep pain we're gonna take that instead of you even though this is a good track we'll put it on this the the Japanese release yeah and I've heard bands discuss it this way before is like it's uh uh the you kind of occupies the same space as pain if you're filling like a bucket right right and you've got these two coins that are sort of like very similar then you just choose one of them or like it, on a Camelot wheel this and pain are probably so similar that you're just like, okay, we're just going to have one. I didn't, I don't have, uh, unfortunately tune bat did not have you on there at all. Yeah. Um, but let's say this is like a, a 12 a Camelot. Um, and so is pain then, you know, Oh, well, let's not have both of them. Right. Well, here's what I did. So I took pain and I took you and I first, first looked at if you play them side by side, they, the timing isn't exact, but using um, using an online BPM detector, you know, just tapping through it, pain is listed as at 168 beats per minute. You is listed is unlisted, but when I figured it out, it's about 158. So there's pretty oh, similar. Oh, interesting. Right now, yeah, pain is three minutes and one second long. This one does drag out on the on the album version. Uh, an extra like 15 seconds to 320, but it does actually end around 304. Yeah, there's like 10 seconds of Yeah, it's just dead, dead air. It, right, yeah. So they're very similar, um, and I'm now, thinking what happens We don't usually do this. Is, yeah. Oh, finish your thought, finish your thought. Oh, no, I'm just thinking that uh, there's a little bit more content uh, in pain, and because it's quicker, they just end, out, hmm. end up being the same. It might be an extra bar, and, you know... It, I'm no uh, engineer, but if if you're looking at this beats per minute wise, you could probably do some simple math and figure out, well, an extra bar is going to account for an extra 10 seconds of time, um, you know, that, that and they end up being about the same. And I don't know if that's what they're looking for, if, if they were looking for a sweet spot and th- like three minutes was it. And they said, let's just try and keep these two tracks, you know, at three minutes and that's going to be it. And we'll just put them head to head and see what wins. Yeah. So, so what were um, you going to say? 
Well, it's funny, uh, real quick to finish on your thought uh, about how to fill that extra space is you had spelled it out. I couldn't find it very quickly, but uh, how Gil Norton added the at the end of pain. Uh, and that's what's missing in this track. And I actually meant to do an edit and maybe I'll do that for the preview um, is uh, is an is the end of you. And then on that last guitar hit, use the last guitar hit of pain yeah. and watch. You can't even tell the difference. All right. <laughs> So um, the, um, the biggest difference between them is just to kind of uh, on that note is that pain is in the C minor scale oh. and you is in D minor scale. So it's one whole step up. Now, what I wanted I to see. do was I looked at all of the notes that are in the C minor natural scale and the D minor natural scale. Now, there's seven notes, right? Oh you can gosh. go an octave would be from C to C, but. So yeah. for the C minor natural, it's going to be C, D, E flat, F, G, A flat, and B flat. It's a little bit different with um, the D minor natural scale, which is D, E, F, G, A, B flat, and C. Uh, let's take those out of the equation. Remember that a long time ago I told you uh, that each note in a scale has a, a, like a numerical uh, place. So it's going to be 1 through 7, and it's either going to be an uppercase I'm not uppercase. Oh, it's either right. going to be a Roman, yeah, nu- yeah. Up, you know, it's going to be a um, a full size Roman numeral, or it's going to be the lowercase i, and it just means is that a minor or is that just a, a major? Now that's what I took. I looked at both of these songs and said, let's just change these down to which which position, which note do they play? And I was hoping for a little bit more similarities, but the chorus of pain is. If we were to change it, well, it's going to be C minor, F minor, E flat, and G, which is a one, four, three, five. The chorus for you is D minor, A, B flat, and G, which is one, five, six, four. Now, because they have a similar beats per minute and they kind of noodle around the same notes, they're not the exact same notes, um, I wanted to see what they would sound like layered one over the other so i put i took pain and moved that from c minor to d minor and all i did was play some notes on my guitar yeah just some notes on my guitar and i believe i played you're gonna hear pain first a couple of bars of the chorus and then you're gonna hear you and then i'm gonna have them one over the other so you can kind of see there is a little bit of dissonance in some of these but i want to know what you think about this okay here's pain versus you there's just a it's about 20 seconds long That sounds like a Jimmy World song, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It sounds and it sounds like something that Tom and uh, Jim would be doing vocally anyway. It's just yeah. like they're, they're still in the same key, but one of them's doing a, a different a kind of a vocal run, and, and yeah. there, there's a little bit of dissonance, but it does. It sounds like, and, and I think it has to do with the way that Jimmy World, first of all, the beats per minute, you know, that they've picked, uh, and the way that they play those notes. That day, 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 day. It's just very. Very Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, it did. To me, it sounded like something that could have either been uh, a guitar melody or a vocal melody 
but they are definitely very similar songs in the chorus. Yeah. So you did like the musician uh, way of going about it. And we'll get more into that after we finish the lyrics. But since we're on this topic, I did the less musician-y thing and just threw (laughs) both songs into rave DJ. So if you want to open that up, that's the rave DJ I did. And uh, since we're on the topic, we can listen to pain XU um, a little bit of it and hear how cool it sounds. And rave DJ did pitch shift them together. Now, Um, did you, did you do the, the version of pain with the music video, or did you do the one where it was no video? No video. Good. That one came so out. So you did yeah. pain and you as well. Yep. That one came out so much better. All right. So this is pain. Oh, I'm XU. In- well, I'm interested in the one that you came up with and okay. how they're different. Let's how, see how, if they are. I'm interested in how rave DJ's algorithm treated these differently. Okay. Uh, well, let's listen to yours a little bit and see how yours sounds. Yeah. This is David's pain XU. Okay, all right. That that sounds <laughs> That's great. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting because I think I made mine before you that it would have just realized that these were the same tracks that were linked and it would have given you the same link, but no. Right. I have a different one. So let's listen to Pain XU. Which is uh, exactly what I hoped for. I was so hoping you use the music video one and we get something different. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna I use the I use the one uh without the music video and it's still different. So let's see how hear how oh, it sounds. Whoa, yeah. yeah. Is it a little different? I don't hear a difference. There, there was definitely a lot of similarities in how it... Uh, yours, so mine's 2 minutes and 28 seconds. Yours is 2 minutes and 34 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah. Mine definitely abruptly stops. Yeah, so does mine. Okay, <laughs> then they do the same thing. Oh, okay. So did you want to hear the introduction of the one with the music video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Those are the two you did. Got it. Yeah, the, yeah here's the other one. Ha, ha, ha. 
starts with the guitar solo. falls back into the same spot, right? Yeah, right. expect the solo it cuts out uh, I love that they're really bringing out that awe part from the bridge yeah Then it's just gonna cut. <laughs> Odd. They all seem to do it. Um, Jimmy yeah. World needs more Benedictine monks uh, doing the Oz in the background, wouldn't you say? It's so yeah, totally. Oh. And, and that that will come back again in the analysis I got back. On Perfect. This track. So um, then, uh, shall I go ahead and dive into the rest of the lyrics here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll start back with this verse one here. I'm going to do the, the uh, I'll just mention where there's uh, an altern, alternate uh, lyric from the demo, but we'll just do the one on the front disc. All right. Get in while you know it's good. The risk was made to take. There's a million desperate wants, all of them the same. Uh, it seems like- Interesting. I had get it while you know it's good. And then I'm, I also heard get in, like, like getting. Right. I but heard that later and I changed in. mine. Yeah. I changed the front one to say uh, get in and get in. So it's not getting and it's not get it. It's get uh, right. Well, you know, it's good. And I think that that kind of means get in on this. Everybody wants some of the same thing. There's a million desperate wants. Everyone wants in. Do you want it too? I mean, they're all the same. They're all all cookie cutters. Right. And then pages and pages blank. The fashion of disease. Clean up and make it yours. Oh, but not for free. I like how they wrote that in the first line there, the fashion of disease. Wouldn't you, couldn't you also read that as like the disease of fashion? Uh, right. But now you're just changing it. You're swapping those. So it's like er, disease is almost, uh, is just as desirable as uh, the fashion right. is. Correct. Right. And, and just by swapping those words, you still get the same idea. The fashion of disease isn't, isn't looking, isn't being one of the, the, the sheep here. Isn't that what's yeah. so desirable to you? Yeah. 
and now then it's it, like following social media influencers, right? Yeah, exactly. They're the disease. Yeah, and then they end off with three lines that kind of sell you with those first, you know, it's almost like the guy that's up on his soapbox trying to sell you sell you his snake oil. And then the the last line here is clean up and make it yours, oh, but not for free. Do something that's different. Step up, clean up, make it your own, uh, but it's not going to come for free. You're, you're going to pay a price. Yeah. And then I have listed here a little pre-chorus of, oh, it gets me, oh, it gets to me, oh, whatever. And I like, oh, whatever. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Really oh, like man. It's, it's just I could see him rolling his eyes as he's saying that lyric. Yeah. Playing it. Oh, it gets to me. Yeah, it gets to me. Oh, whatever. I'm yeah. over it, man. I don't care. I've, I've, uh, I've already taken my steps. And, and this is where you and I also decided that there's <laughs> a difference, right? There's a difference in yep. the lyrics. I had originally put down no, and, but the name of the song is You, and I, I thought it was funny how the th- there was no part of that title in the track lyrics. And then you start to listen to it closer, and then you listen to the demo version, and it seems like it's even more clear that he's saying that first line is you. Right. You. It's easy to believe a pretty face, uh, which I think is, is intentional there. You. It's easy to believe a pretty face. The young and the beautiful are easily believed and followed. Yeah. Right. You don't want to follow the guy that's, uh, you know, coming out from underneath the bridge looking like, uh, you know, like like a troll. He's, he's, he, they're not going to be the desirable ones. They're not they're not going to be the ones in front of the camera that are going to be uh, the ones that you want to follow. So I think that's intentional there where it says you. And then it goes to say, no, we have a choice and we still choose the fake. No, it's not my job to think for you. It's not my place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and I think that that. By them saying you first, it's getting their attention. It's easy to believe a pretty face. And then it's almost like, no, I'm not going to believe that. We have a choice, and we still choose the fake, yeah. right? So we still yeah. choose that that uh, the, the lies and deception. No, it's not my job to think for you. It's not my place. You got to do this on your own. Yeah. And, and what, what do you I have? I landed on, and because all the lyric sites that had this song were you, you, you the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, of course, the song's called you. Sure, whatever. But yes, yeah. listening to it, you're like, mm, I don't know if he's saying you. And so you listen to it. And yeah, OK, the first one sounds like you. The second one kind of sounds like you. And then yeah. the last one for sure sounds like no. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like there's like a crossfade of like enunciations. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to give up on you. And then you. I settled on. Yeah, I settled on, okay, it's you, you, no. Like, you, it's easy to believe a pretty face. You, we have a choice and we still choose the fake. No, it's not my job to think for you. It's not my place. So I was like, okay, I feel good about that. And then, finally, (laughs) the man who loves to hate our show. Yeah, man. Himself. Uh, finally, uh, so uh, I've, it's my new thing to reach out to Zach on, and on Twitter and just poke, poke the beehive. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm like Thomas J. I'm trying to get the mood ring. Right. Um, and, uh, that's a deep cut. My girl reference for those in the know. Um, uh, I, I say, uh, Zach, any cool stories about the futures B side you thanks. And he replied not once, but twice. First time he says, I always like that one. I think I thought it should have been on the album. And then finally, this tweet here solidifies what we were sort of on the right track about, but he he's solidified the, the chorus here. The thing we recall the most about that song was that whenever the chorus went whenever the chorus went by, when we were working on it, Gil Norton would sing along and replaced no in the chorus with you. I don't think we ever corrected him. Uh, so... I get from that tweet or from that tweet response that 
the lyric is no, right? Right. And it's so and I think I heard a bunch of no's at the beginning, and then I started hearing the you. But like you said in the in the middle line there, it almost sounds like Jim saying yow. Uh it, it's it's not a clear uh jump into that consonant. You can't hear a y or a n clearly, but you kind of judge it by the second half of what he sings there, and it's either o from no or it's you ooh. And it's really difficult to discern the difference because it sounds like, like you said, it's like a, it's, it's almost like he's saying both, saying yeah. both words and in it, one. In a way, like his, his pronunciation, if it were to be you, it would be more of the, the, the back of the throat. It would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the O sound would be like a no. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that the song is called you, but I guess the you could be in the namesake of it's not my job to think for you. It's not my place. Right. And that's all it needs is that you there. Yeah, right. Um, and, and uh, you know, going through the lyrics, you start to see that it seems like somebody who is giving, um, like, like almost telling that cautionary tale of, well, if you don't change your, your perspective on things, you are going to end up like everyone else. So I get that, where yeah. it's it, this is centered around this person that getting this message across to this other individual they're trying to, um, they're yeah. trying to, uh, make woke right <laughs> wake sure. up man um so then verse two on the the front disc says hold in the standard high our only goal is clear turn up or turn it off is copying this sincere uh you should set a higher bar for yourself don't settle for the status yeah. quo that's that's now, when i wrote you the should... lyrics down uh-huh sorry i don't mean to cut you off i think there's a latency thing but um when I wrote the lyrics down, I said, I thought he said, this copy is sincere. And then I saw on some like Portuguese website, they wrote is copying sincere. And then you had, what did you have? Is copying this sincere. Is copying this sincere. Uh, should we go to that part and see what we hear? Sure. All right. So I, th- this is going to be on the regular version. So let me jump over there. And this is going to be in verse two, which it's a pretty quick song. I'd say like 40 seconds ish. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's jump up here. I, it could also be is copying as sincere, right? Right, and I and I, I it wasn't clear to me. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, what did it say on the on the genius uh, listing for this? Is it uh, genius had the demo? Oh lyrics, yeah, which is going to be they, they just which I went and annotated and yeah. I put in my thing, which I thought it was this copy is sincere. And then somebody else, like yeah, like I said on the Portuguese site, is copying sincere. You're hearing two syllables after copy, right? And and my brain went to is copying this sincere. It made sense to me. Turn up or turn it off is copying this sincere. Uh, I didn't know. I almost if, feel like is copying sincere is the one that makes the most sense based on the uh, the sort of influencer. Uh, fashion of disease type of uh, rhetoric that we're thinking this song is on about well let's give it one last listen here i'm going to jump back and see if we can if we can figure it out is is 
it sounds like he finishes copying. Right. And I don't know. It, it could it also be it, it would it make sense if you put copying? You know, you're you're copying, copying. to something. Uh is copying right. as sincere? Uh I don't know, unless we had this on an actual lyric sheet. It's really tough to say. And we did check with um uh, Steve's uh, Steven's rare music that uh, the lyric, the Japanese version does not have the lyrics for the bonus tracks. Right. Unfortunately. So turn yeah. up or turn it off. Um, is copying sincere is copying as sincere is copying. This sincere is copying <clears throat> this sincere. Uh, I, that was probably the, the hardest line for me to kind of figure out turn up or turn it off. Sounds pretty cool. Like either, Turn up the music uh, or turn it off. You know, what, what's the use in listening to it if it's just going to be lost in the white noise of all, you know, of all the, the people here that you're following? Uh, make yeah. make a statement. Turn it up. Um, and then, yeah, is, is copying this sincere? I didn't really get what that what that meant in relation to turn yeah. up or turn it off. But if you're if you're if you're uh, co- copying somebody's fashion is your disease is your copying sincere that you know is copying that uh, all these other people sincere is sort of like maybe a symptom of this disease of fashion like imitating and how that's typically right flattering they say oh that's actually a form of um uh fl- you know flattery when somebody imitates you they're 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 reconstructing what they you know they see as an example themselves sure. so maybe is that what they're right. kind of saying or like is, you remember when like well, like, remember when we were at CSUN and, like, Uggs with skirts was, like, all the rage? Yeah. And it was like, you're wearing Uggs with a skirt. Like, you're just copying all your friends because you think it looks cool. But is that, are you comfortable in that? Like, is that a sincere form of wardrobe? Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, um, Right. Like, so they whisper sort of, under their breath, I, I feel uh, so uncomfortable. I'm so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still cold. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense, and it goes with, and it fits the the narrative there of of just being your own person and and being standing out from the crowd. Right. So and then oh, we did talk about turn up, turn it off. Um, it's kind of like uh, Jimmy World has like cool turns of phrases like this, and we were sure that that had been used in another song, and we couldn't find it. The best I found, the best I th- I, I was thinking today also, uh, Big Casino has get up, get up dance on the ceiling uh-huh. um and then what was what else did i say um well my give my, it up yeah my first thought was bleed americans it's the picket line or the parade right like which is one of those uh make a choice uh phrases and then you had a couple of other good ones yeah what were the other ones i said <laughs> uh oh i said give it up and uh boy well oh yeah. uh Go ahead. Oh, I you, did yeah, this turn twist. Nothing wrong. You had turn them off our blacklist singers. Yeah. Give it up. And uh, stop a combination yep. of strong and lost. How easy, how easily you turn, then turn it off. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think I, it must have been those. Yeah. And I, 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 um, I chalked it up to you and I coming in to analyze one of those lyrics and then you and i probably vocally expressed that that sort of um pick one you know i think i've used the the term before is is crap or get off the pot 
that whole thing is either right. <laughs> do what you got to do, you know, which I, you know, it seems like such an, an old person thing to say, but hey, that's who we are. And so maybe I, I know I've said it before, but I don't know if there was this exact, you know, turn up or turn it off. We, we, I think we did a pretty good job of finding out or finding enough examples to say that Jimmy Eat World, this isn't their first time doing something like this. Yeah. Which is like, as you said, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool turn of phrase. Yeah. And then here's some more proof that the word is no in the chorus is this pre-chorus. The second pre-chorus is no regrets, my dear. No, not ever, not never. Um, and yeah. Then, Which is just them saying you can't doubt yourself when you make this decision. You got to go all in. No regrets. You just got to no regrets. And you got to no uh, regrets. <laughs> not even one. And then I. <laughs> Yeah, and then I wrote that this is chorus two because it's slightly elongated um, with this uh, na-na-na section. Right, which yeah. Which reinforces the exactly. no Exactly, exactly. So yeah. it's, yeah, you, it's easy to believe a pretty face. Um, then either you or no, we have a choice and we still choose the fake. Nah, 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 nah. So yeah, nah, it's just saying nah. Mm -mm. Uh, no, it's nah, not nah, my nah, job nah. to think for you. It's not my place. And the musical break where I believe the guitar solo would be in pain, that's where those O's show up, right? The uh, Yes. Right. So those are pretty clean in there. And that's probably why they pulled them and added them into our uh, our rave DJ. Yeah. And like a lot in the rave DJ. I yeah. thought it was cool that they Very like pronounced. pulled and looped that part. Yeah. <laughs> so it I have some theories about the lyrics in this bridge. Okay. Of what was written on some lyric sites and then what was written on a different lyric site, which led me to think that the whole thing was actually different than both, but led me to maybe a different part. So okay. what do you have for the bridge? And I'll read you what I have and then what I think it actually All might right. be. Here's what I heard and what I wrote down. Don't cut me out. Oh, not. Or, I'm sorry. Don't cut me out. Oh, on my own. This little light is all I know. Just give me a little time. I swear I'll use my light for something better. So that's funny. The light portion was not on any site except for that one Portuguese site. And I was like, oh, it would make more sense for him to return to the light imagery. So that was what I thought it was maybe going to get to. I think you are correct. I think he says this little light is all I knew and then go back, goes back to it and says, I'll use I'll, I'll use my light for something better. Yeah. Um, I think that's the correct lyric. So the, uh, I first wrote uh, this little fight is all I know. Just give me a little time. Give me a little time. I swear I'll use my life for something better. And lots of the lyric sites had life. Huh. Um, but then one of the lyric sites had light. And I was like, but uh, had uh, this little light is all I know, but still kept life as the other second word. And I was like, no, if it's light there, then it should be light there. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I do this think little light, but I'm going to use my light. Okay. Yeah. This little light of mine. Exactly. I'm going to use that it for something better. <laughs> the first half I put down, uh, don't discount me and my choices. This little light of mine is what's been keeping me going and yeah. all that I know. And then the last, the second half of that is just wait and you'll see just how brightly I shine. I Whoa. swear I'll use my life for something better, man. You're going to, you're going to see me. I'm going to be something. I'm going to make something of myself. Yeah. And then we got the chorus, uh, uh, the, the long version yeah, of the chorus and then the chorus. short version of the chorus that takes you out, um, with more subdued nose, uh, but until the last one and, uh, that's it. 
Yeah. So I wrote a little bit about the structure, and then I got a big, nice wall of text from my buddy Paul, who <laughs> has a degree in music. And you've touched on actually a lot of what he said. I'm actually very impressed in your analysis of the song. But uh, I'll read his. What did he say? I'll read you his uh, final thing. <laughs> okay. He says, have I helped you at all? Was it any uh, what? What is any of this good for? Shrug face palm emoji. My expensive music degree is good for <laughs> rambling on in a text chat with minimal practical application. Uh, um, uh, and for the most part, I just said, I love breaking your 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 uh, degree laden brain with pop punk trivia. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's kind of fun, though. So here's what I wrote. Comes out swinging. Minor key Jimmy. Really interesting harmonies. Proto pain. Um, and, uh, and so that's what I wrote in terms of the structure. And here's uh -huh. what Paul had to say about you in particular. First, oh, so here's what I asked him. The vocal harmonies throughout the song are pretty unique for Jimmy Eat World. They're pretty similar to another Futures track called Pain, which is maybe why this track got relegated to B-side status. If I had to guess, I'd say usually they tend to do like a major fifth kind of harmony. I don't know exactly what that means, but more of a pleasing harmony. Uh, this is more of a pulling harmony. My guess is that this and Pain are in minor keys maybe, and these are like diminished harmonies i guess i'm looking for the actual analysis of these and why they're so unique uh and so here's his uh reaction um first there's no such thing as a major fifth but you are on the right track that most jimmy eat world tunes are in major keys major keys will still have minor chords in them but the overall tonal center is major. Using the proper quality of chord, major, minor, diminished, dominant, in your song is referred to as diatonicism. In diatonic music, we follow the rules, and we aren't out to challenge people's ears. The big thing you're hearing in this song is its minor tonality. So it's it's one of those weird things where I know I'm hearing a song in a minor key, but I don't know why, and this explains it better than I ever could. Unlike a major scale, there are three types of minor scales, natural, harmonic, and melodic. This one changes based on whether you're ascending or descending. Songs in overtly minor keys are a lot less common in our musical landscape today. This song is in the key of D natural minor, which means its scale is D, E, F, G, A, B flat C, which you went over. And I actually had to check Paul's notes. I was like, fuck, <laughs> if Justin doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, Paul goes on to say, each of those notes corresponds to a chord and it follows a pattern of D minor, E diminished, F major, G minor, A minor, B flat major, C major. No one really uses diminished chords in modern music. So that E diminished usually ends up being a minor or an inverted C chord. C slash E. Some of the neat ambiguity comes from the tension of the D minor to the G minor chords. Our ears are so used to that interval, but we are so not used to hearing them both being minor chords back to back. The B flat major chord is very sparse, and so the tension builds and builds throughout the tune without much release, and even when it does show up, it doesn't release much tension. The most interesting thing to me on the chorus 
we have the chord progression D minor, A minor, B flat, G minor. However, they don't play an overt A minor chord. They play an A sus chord, which is really ambiguous. Not too happy or not too sad. So when the B flat major hits, it doesn't have a clear sad to happy type of movement. When the B flat hits in the verse, there's more of a clear distinction from the minor chord surrounding it. The only reason I call it an A minor chord on the chorus is that the vocal melody just brushes that C note a couple times throughout. So the vocal harmonies themselves are working pretty comfortably within the diatonic structure of the natural minor scale. And that was the thing, whereas I thought they were doing something more to write home about. And essentially what he's saying there is that they're just pretty much staying within the structure of a natural minor scale. Right. But the tension of the minor key and chord progression, and in my opinion, that crucial A sus chord that keeps the lonely B flat major chord from really releasing that pent up tension, give this song a definite sense of what emotion would I call it? Longing, yearning, frustration, mourning. FYI, fifths are neither major nor minor. They are called perfect. A perfect fifth is the interval of the first two notes of Star Wars. It's not happy nor sad, but it is strong and triumphant. Depending on what type of third you add, will make it into a major or minor triad. Neither does this song, nor hardly any song, contain diminished harmonies. Diminished is most often used to mean a triad composed of two minor third intervals. It sounds super anxious and worried. When referring to an interval itself, it almost exclusively used to refer to perfect intervals, fourths and fifths, and shrinking them by a half step. But a diminished fourth is just a minor, th is just a major third. So nobody calls it that. You would say a diminished fifth to refer to the most evil interval, the tritone. <laughs> the tritone. The tritone is the the perfect halfway point between octaves, but it's a terribly dark sound. It actually, it's actually quite ironic that the perfect middle sounds so imperfect. Medieval humor actually referred to it as the devil in music or the <laughs> devil's interval. Occasionally you'll get a, some real dark harmony, but in most stuff, it's a combination of thirds, fourths, fifths, and sixths. And then, uh, uh, we joke, 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 joke after I'm just like going gaga over his uh, uh, entire um, uh, diatribe, I guess you would say. Uh, and then he goes on to say, one thing I will say about the chorus is that it uses the interval of a fourth slightly more frequently than Jimmy Eat World would normally. It creates a few moments of parallel fourths, which in the classical era was something to be ardently avoided. So it's a little extra punk rock right there, like the monks. Uh, think like monks chanting. They did lots of parallel fourth movement. Monks were pretty punk rock. <laughs> and I say the zealots. He says exactly. Uh, so you mentioned the punk uh, or the the punk, the monk. Um, yeah. Chanting it's... in the uh, bridge and it came back full circle. Right. So that and that's Paul's over wow. analysis of the song you and I couldn't be more happy with how it turned out. That was excellent. Yeah, and you know, I didn't I didn't mention the verse here. Payne's verse is C minor, F minor, A, and G. So at the, the second half of that verse, you have that release of these. Um, let me see which ones there are in there. That's going to be, the G's going to be A minor, but the A is going to be uh, a major. 
Now, with the verse in you, all it is is the D minor to G minor, back and forth, minor to minor, which, like like he was saying, is very, it, it creates so much tension and a feeling of just being incomplete. Like, you want that resolution of that major chord somewhere in there, but they don't give it to you until they do that little pre-chorus thing where they throw in that B flat and then walk back down to the G minor. But it's just that there's so much right. minor in this, and I, th- that was really <laughs> well put, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. He did well, a great job. It's super fun because uh, so Paul is a childhood friend of my wife, Susie's, and she, she joked about how much fun he would suck out of music when they were growing <laughs> up because like she was like, don't you just listen to music to enjoy it? And he would just have nothing but nothing to say but lament about things. <laughs> now it's fun for me to go in like I've gotten into discussions about like blink 182 songs and be like why is this song so weird and he'll give me like all of the reasons that i've 100 percent forgotten now but i'll save the thread for later so i can go back to it but it's so fun to hear him <laughs> so succinctly uh you know uh there's a podcast called uh punch up the jam that just ended actually and they got this guy rob moose um who is an orchestral arranger he actually just worked with phoebe bridgers on this ep that she did um, of string arrangement versions of some of her tracks from Punisher. And uh, and he would come in and do a, a five-minute segment and break down songs like Paul just did there. So I told Paul, if he ever wants, and I told him, I was like, after breaking it down to me like that, I am definitely going to come to this well again, and you can always just record a voice note, and we'll play it on the pod. <laughs> um, because it's so well done, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm reading his uh notations and trying to say them out loud i had to write to him i was like so capital a lowercase m is a minor right <laughs> <laughs> um so I, tr- I hopefully i read all those correctly hopefully some people i mean this is like a go to school episode man yeah this is <laughs> yeah there's a lot of technical parts of this but you you can bring you bring to this the less technical part um, and not necessarily like, like you're not a technical person when it comes to music. You just you come to it from the person listening to the song and, and saying, well, why does this why does this why is this so compelling? And then we get the explanation and you understand the explanation. So I think you you round this out really well and and bring us right back around and just say this is this is why it sounds um, this is why it sounds uh, so dissonant here. Or why this sounds so, yeah, uh, I don't know, incomplete. So, yeah, it is a go-to-school yeah. episode, but I still feel like it's pretty well-rounded. Oh, totally. What other track notes do you have? Uh, really, that was it, man. <laughs> the intro totally reminds me of No One Else uh, by Weezer. It's it's not the same chords, oh. but it's just... Uh, here, let me just Let's play Let's hear it real quick. I don't, I don't, yeah. So here, let me play the beginning of uh, You real quick to give you a taste. And then here it is No One Else. And it, all it is, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a different key, it's a different tempo, but just the way that uh, with the drums coming in there at the beginning yeah. just reminded me of no one else. So good feeling there. That's it, man. That's all I got. Ty, I have a couple other things. So uh, while this was on the Japanese release, it was not on the promo cassette which I just happened to see on Discog. So I was like, oh, I wonder if it was on this promo cassette, which I think was like a pre-release uh, for um, radio stations and stuff like that. Um, uh, this was usually track two of three on the Pain 7-inch. Um, and what was it on there with? What is this? 
Uh, I'm getting guff from uh, my Discogs link. Uh, oh, the when I want demo. So it would be pain, you demo, and when I want demo. Um, which I thought was interesting that they put the, they, they released the demo versions to the States on a seven inch. I, it's still cool. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, track 14. Oh, here's a little information uh, about what bonus tracks were released for futures. Um, bonus tracks were added to various versions. Shame on the vinyl and European CD versions. Shame when I want and you on the Japanese edition. A deluxe edition right. of the album was released showcasing the album's songs in demo form. The UK deluxe included Shame and When I Want and demo versions of both of them as bonus tracks, while the Japanese version featured Shame, When I Want, You demos of these three tracks alongside Sparkle, an acoustic version of Work, and a cover of The Concept by Teenage Fan Club, um, which we'll do at some point. Uh Oh, and then I I thought this would be fun because this was such a pain in the ass to search. <laughs> I made a list of all of the of the you songs that Jimmy Eat World have in their catalog. Since this is the you episode, uh, might as well cull all of the you songs in one place. Uh, are you ready for them? Hit me, hit me. <laughs> Look at you from one two three four. Believe in what you want. Clarity. What would I say to you now from the singles album? Hear You Me from Bleed American, If You Don't Don't, Bleed American, The World You Love, Futures, Carry You, Chase This Light, You and I, Cover, uh, uh, which is a cover, um, and also included on the bonus, uh, deluxe edition of Invented, I Will Steal You Back, Damage, How Do You Have Me, Damage, You Were Good, Damage, You With Me, Integrity Blues, You Are Free, Integrity Blues, and then You uh, from futures japanese release so that's a lot of you songs most from damage <laughs> yeah the adult breakup record um and and fitting and then i pulled this which i never oh go ahead no and, and it's fitting yeah totally yeah absolutely um i pulled this today um which i have never done and i don't know maybe i won't do again because apparently this website is uh janky oh i gotta agree to these cookies and agree to these terms skip all that is uh, I went to the ASCAP re uh, repertory site and I got the uh, I was trying to confirm if Gil this was before Zach had tweeted at us. I wanted to see if it had uh, the producer information, but I do have the work ID. So the work ID is five, five, oh, four, five, nine, four, three, one. And the writers are uh, Atkins, James Christopher, Birch, Richard E., Lind, Zachary Michael, Linton, Thomas Darrell, uh, all ASCAP, and I have their IPI numbers, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> so uh, they get 50, ASCAP controls 50% of the writing credits, or the writing, I guess, the distribution. And then the publishers, ASCAP controls 50%, and Turkey on Rye Music. And there's contact info here for, I'm assuming, the lawyer that handles all of Turkey on Rye Music stuff. Um, performers jimmy e world so nothing new nothing hard-hitting but kind of fun to dig in here uh which i never had done before for the for the pod uh venturing into a new territory um you had any community stuff on this song couldn't find any no uh i did want to say that uh ben foot commented uh he, he kind of followed up on a couple of those comments that this is his favorite b-side is that what he said that oh uh, yes that's right he commented yes. on the thread with oh. zach in it uh, 
you had seen a couple YouTube comments, right? Um, oh, yes. Let me the, jump uh, over to that. So if I go to... Sure. While you, yeah, while you search for that, I'll comment the, uh, the 2018 Futures Survivor had this tied for third for the B-sides. And then 2017 Futures Survivor, it was in 14th place. Uh, both cases there was not a single comment on the song. So I opened up every survivor post for both survivors just to see if anybody lamented that you got knocked out. No one cared. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, uh, not, there's not a lot of there there. (laughs) Let's see. Okay. This was, um, I found the comments on Isaac Caro Brunet. That, uh, account was the, that, that was the one that you linked me to. And it's Jimmy World Futures 14 U. I think it's the only version on YouTube. Yeah. Esta canción es dedicada por todos lo que les gusta esta banda. So it's dedicated to everyone who uh, likes this band. And they did mention that's the Futures Import Bonus Tracks Disc 1. And Car Simplified a year ago. Such a good song. I am glad I have the two CD version of the album with this and its demo version on it. So once you sent me that and I saw that information, I thought, let's just go over to Car Simplified and ask them if they if they could uh, share it with us. And you were able to find it, I think, in... He said he had added it to the, the group share and or the secret share. And then... But you, I don't know if you found it in our share. Either way, we were able to find... We were able to find both tracks. Yes. So I was happy to hear the demo version and how different it was. And what else? Oh, and then Meta Luke... Uh, asked seven years ago, is this a cover or did they write this song? And Car Simplified, re- one day ago, responded, they wrote this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just a day ago. I think I upvoted that or okay. I thumbs up it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah. And then Drowning in T said, I wonder why this is a bonus track. It should be on the album, in my opinion. Um, a lot of that. This is so good. Is there a better quality version of this anywhere? Yeah, we got some. We got people that can uh, that can yeah, deliver. Yeah. <laughs> Joe yeah, and so Jovda ninety six. Why didn't they put this on futures? Uh, and then Stephen Gaines, uh, the big red baiter. I don't know if I agree with this. Should have put this one on instead of Polaris or Night Drive. Oh, after I doing, think a lot of people would. Oh yeah, they'd be pissed. Disagree. I, yeah, after listening to Polaris, I would I would uh, strongly disagree with that. Yeah. Well. Justin, we've come to the end of another episode. We've no covers of this song. Uh, the closest we got was you covering it to do that uh, little thing. Yeah. We had a fun rave DJ moment. Uh, I did want to uh, follow. Uh, uh, Zach Lind was on the Going Off Track podcast. Um, and there were a couple notes that I wrote down here. Uh, one was in his sophomore year uh, with Kevin Lane, maybe this guy Theo and this guy Trey, he played in a band called No Longer Plaid. Uh, which he recommended as a, or he, he compared to being a punk rock REM. Now I do believe we came up with no longer plaid in our semi unwritten history of Jimmy World episode, or at least have it written down somewhere. Uh, And then Tom came to play with Trey and Kevin. So that guy, Theo, maybe like kind of like sort of fizzled out. And then, Trey, who was the bass player, left to be in like a real touring band. So then Tom and Zach just called Jim to join their band. Um, and so I don't really know what happened with Kevin Lane. Um, but that was kind of the beginning of Jimmy World. And that happened in the middle of their senior year. 
And then um, the song Invented, Uninvented, is actually mostly Jim on the drums because Jim sort of, Zach talks about usually when Jim demos out a song, he kind of has all the parts done. Right. And a lot of times they'll rework them. And Zach was saying Uninvented, it was kind of perfect as is. So Zach sort of comes in on the bridge, but the rest of it's pretty much Jim. Uh, and, uh, oh, this was kind of cool. Jim was stuck on the chorus melody for pretty grids. So Zach actually wrote that chorus melody, which I thought was kind of, cool. Oh. um, so yeah, some cool little tidbits on that going off track interview. Um, the live streams are being pre-recorded, um, and they're already done. They already have them in the can. Uh, so we kind of thought that, but he confirmed that on the podcast. Um, and then lastly, I did want to welcome, I think we had one new patron, last week uh uh jedda uh Jedaya, and now we have kimberly this week so two new patrons uh in the last couple weeks so that's exciting thank you awesome. for supporting the show and that is all i have anything else for you justin uh this is a banger and this is one of those b-sides i'm going to agree with ben foot and say that this one i would have loved to have heard it um, on the album, I know that it it would have conflicted with pain, but man, this is one that I want to be able to add uh, to my my regular rotation of Jimmy World music. This is a this is a rock and track, and I think anyone that I would show this to would would kind of take a step back and go, "Is this Jimmy Eat World? Is that that band, that rock band from the '90s?" Uh, just because this is uh, this is a well done song and uh, very fleshed out, and uh, I'm glad we got to listen to both versions of it. Yes. What do you think of it? I concur. I went to play it and I was like, oh my God, I remember this song. I just had not listened to it in years. And now I won't be mad if it pops up and man, well, I know a lot about it now. So, (laughs) um, I, I, I'm excited to have relearned about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all she wrote. Um, so unless you have anything else, Justin, I, I just, uh, hope you'll join me in wishing everybody a, a, Happy New Year, and uh, hope that in 2021, everybody continues to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! <laughs>